Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Well, the Suns and Chant 4 is no more. The Phoenix Suns on Sunday night went to Milwaukee, Cream City, on the western shores of Lake Michigan and lost by 20 points, 120 to 100 to the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 3 of the NBA Finals. It is the first time the Milwaukee Bucks have won a Finals game since 1974. And this now makes the Suns 1-3 in, in Game 3s thus far in this playoff run. Welcome, everybody, to the Suns Jam Session and the Suns Solar Panel Podcast. My name is John, and always I'm joined by Matthew. How you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm glad this one's over with. How you doing, John? I'm, I'm glad this one's over with as well. I think that coming into this game, we knew that the Milwaukee Bucks were going to bring the aggression, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, you know, this is not a team that chanting Suns in four continually is going to actually uh, come to fruition. This is a team that's damn talented, and a lot of people expect it to be here in the NBA Finals, and they showed that tonight, didn't they? Yeah, they showed up. They they got the rebounds that they needed. They made the big shots that they needed that they didn't make in the first two games that were huge. Um, I just a lot to handle tonight for the Suns, and they just couldn't pull it through. Yep, this is true. This is true. Let's bring in uh, the solar panel guy. Saul, how you doing? I've been better. We all know that. It's okay. It's okay. Espo, are, are you doing okay? Sure. I mean, they, <laughs> the Bucks. The Bucks did what they're supposed to do. They won on their home court. Congratulations. What pisses me off is the Suns are now two and five all time in white jerseys in the NBA Finals. Don't wear the damn yeah. things anymore. Well, yeah, my mom and my two sisters asked me, like, are they going to lose because of those jerseys? I'm like, why did you say that? They don't but, even watch the Suns hardly. Like, let me make it very clear. The jerseys aren't why they lost. I just find no. that as an interesting stat as a jersey nerd. But look, yeah. the Bucks, the Bucks, I, I will stat you all night long. It is my <laughs> anniversary, and I'm here with you and not with my wife. So take it as you will. Look, look, uh, look, I just, the Bucks. Did what they were supposed to do. They protected home court. The Suns had one of those games where they shot too many threes when they weren't falling. They didn't go back to DeAndre Ayton on offense when he was rolling. And and this is the game, the kind of game that they have per- consistently lost all year. But you know what they usually do? Bounce back. So I'm not overly overly concerned, but I will say this. And I pissed off a group chat on uh, on the phone tonight by saying this: the pressure is now on the Suns. So I, I I think in in an NBA Finals you're in a microscope, and everybody there's no other game, so everybody's looking at Suns Bucks, and everything tomorrow is going to be the Bucks were amazing, and what the hell is wrong with the Phoenix Suns? And that's all you'll hear, and then. The, the, the Suns will be looking at it and going, okay, if we drop two, we've we've lost the momentum, and now you have to win at, at home your games. Yeah. Look, I, I, the, mean, the pressure's there for the Suns, but they've, they've thrived in pressure. That's why I'm not worried. The, the pressure's on both teams, though. I mean, if you're, the, if you're a Bucks fan right now, you're like, okay, cool, we won game three. Man, if we don't win game four, we're going back to Phoenix and that rabid-ass crowd, yeah. and it might be over. So, like, yeah. it's the same. It, it's the NBA Finals. The pressure's on both teams every single game. Now, a two-game buffer, maybe not as much on the Suns in this game as, as the Bucks for sure, because if they go down 3-0, obviously it's probably a wrap. But at the same time, you know, my biggest takeaway in this game was it, it wasn't necessarily – I think the, Sun, the, the Suns were there. Like, they had several times where they could have – you know, stemmed the tide and, and and turned it. But there was just two key sequences, one at the end of the, the, the first half 
where they just couldn't throw a rock in the ocean for like the last four minutes. And then Drew Holiday um, in that one stretch hitting three out of four threes and really kind of taking it from a four-point game all the way back up to like 13 all of a sudden. And then they just took off from there, and that was game basically. Those are the two instances. Scott Foster had nothing to do with the game. No, like he was irrelevant all. in this Supposedly. game. Supposedly. That's what and, he makes it look and, like. And, and again, like and we, and, <laughs> he, he was we, shooting for Devin Booker. I must have missed yes. that. Yeah, and, and we saw a little bit of the, the Devin Booker that uh, I think a lot of us would agree that we, we don't really like to see too much is when he starts to force it too much at, at – you know, and alienating his teammates from time to time. And and he was trying to get it done. And, and to be honest, every shot he took, I had confidence that I was going in. It looked good. Yeah. It yeah. just didn't fall. Like, okay, that's just one of those nights. And Milwaukee did to Phoenix what Phoenix had done to them in the first two games of this series. You know, hey, Milwaukee's a good team. This Suns and four shit, I'm glad it's over because Milwaukee's a good team. Like, you got to give them you. respect. They're here in the finals for a reason. Like, everybody's just assuming we're the second coming of, like, you know, the whatever the best team in NBA history you think is. And it, that's not the case. You know, there's only been 10 sweeps in the history of the NBA finals. To think that we were going to be the 11th was a little bit asinine to me. Well, look, I, you're 100% right. And I'm glad somebody else said it as well, Saul. I said, said the same thing on Twitter. I'm glad that we don't have to hear Suns and Four anymore because when I heard that chanted in the arena the other night, I thought that's just hands down disrespectful to the Bucks, who are a damn good team. And when they've taken their second straight double digit loss to you in Phoenix, that's the kind of the stuff that that gets at a team that you know even if they're feeling down, pisses them off. The way that the Lakers dancing in Game Three and and pulling. That crap, you know, in in game three of the first round series, pissed off the Suns. Like, I get what Suns and four stood for 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 certain yeah. fans, mm -hmm. for sure, and that it represented. But the thought of it, the the actual Suns and four and chanting it as if that was a fate accompli that it was going to happen, just seemed a little much to me. Yeah, was that French? Fait accompli. Wow. Snap me Espo. You're so smart there. Snap me Saul. Snap me Espo. I'm getting language uh, lessons here today. This is a fantastic podcast already. Like I told you, it's my, my 12th anniversary, so the language of love is just emanating. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, congratulations, <laughs> Espo, on your anniversary. Uh, there will be no chugging with the fellas tonight, so if you pop them, got them. Uh, plenty to talk about tonight on this edition of the Suns Jam Session and Suns Solar Panel Podcast. The team that was worked over in the first two games in Phoenix closed out quarter strong tonight, and they dominated the glass and owned the paint. And those are probably, you know, three main reasons why the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Suns by a score of 120 to 100. Seeing them close those quarters, as Saul was mentioning a little bit earlier, seeing how they closed the second, seeing how they closed the – I mean, they closed the second on a 10-0 run. They closed the third on a 16-0 run. That's 26-0 runs right there. If the Suns had any – uh, semblance of defense to stop those runs. This might have been a different result, but ultimately you have to tip your hat to Giannis Antetokounmpo who put up the second consecutive 40 point uh, plus game for himself. You have to tip your cap to the Deer District, to all of the different fans there. I mean, that place sounded loud on TV. I mean, it sounded really loud and it was a hostile environment. I think the Suns did a good job in that first quarter sustaining that emotion and putting together a good, solid first quarter between Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton, they really kept themselves in rhythm. It was just continual effort by the Bucks, and they were relentless. And they, they attacked the paint. And I think that, you know, as, we'll, we'll talk about adjustments and things later on in the podcast. But, Matthew, when you saw the Suns come out and initially ride DeAndre Ayton to the tune of, I, I think he had – well, like six, 12 of the Suns' first yeah, 20 points. points. Yeah, Yeah, yeah it was, it was pretty impressive. It was unstoppable. I don't think I've ever seen him catch the ball that close to the rim this whole season. He was right underneath it through two or three times early in the first quarter. Turn around, put it in. A lot of lead passes to inside the pit that were beautiful. The one thing that took it away 
really, I mean, I'm not a big ref guy, all right? The fouls are fouls, whatever. But there was three bullshit calls on DeAndre Aiden that really helped out the Bucks this game to get him out of the game. That's one thing that, of course, if you're a Bucks fan, you're like, can we get DeAndre Aiden in foul trouble? Well, they did. And a lot of those fouls were not fouls. So that sucked a lot. But also, when you're going to him and you're feeding him and he is that good inside, Booker shooting up those threes in the first quarter. I mean, I love when booking, you know, get going, but for mid range or something, but him, I think he went one for four in the, in the first quarter when you're jacking those up and taking away from DA inside, who is just absolutely hot. That hurts your team. And that's exactly what started this game. Even though the Suns had the lead in the first quarter, they could have been bigger. It could have been a bigger lead. If you keep going to DA. Look, look, Giannis isn't the, uh, isn't the reason the Suns lost this game. I mean, they beat the Bucks with Giannis scoring 40 and, and doing historic things uh, previously. I mean, they beat him in game two doing that. The, the difference in this game is a 30-9 to nine run by the Bucks in the second quarter and Devin Booker scoring 10 points. I mean, this was an... If you're looking at it as a Suns fan and, and talking... If you, were, if you were talking about this series... Uh, in, in a way that was realistic after the first two games, this was the nightmare scenario. DeAndre Ayton foul trouble. Devin Booker doesn't do anything. Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday get it going. Uh, Suns go cold from three. I mean, that was that's everything. Suns turn over the ball. I mean, there was I believe the Suns had 17 turnovers or gave up 17 points on turnovers to the Bucks 10. Uh, and it had more turnovers than the Bucks by, let's pull up the act, total turnovers 15 to 9. When the Suns are turning over the ball like that, they're yeah. not playing their game. Yeah. This yeah. was this was the Suns just getting outplaying themselves in part tonight. I, I honestly think the MVP of the game wasn't wasn't Giannis. Um, it wasn't the fans, it was Drew Holiday. Uh, in my estimation, uh, you know, last even last game in game two, you know, the Bucks were making a run here and there. They'd cut it to six or they cut it to five and they just needed that one more bucket to give them the confidence to stand up and, and make a, a, a real run towards the end of the game. They never got it. But tonight, Drew Holiday, dry as all hell, you know, in the entire game when the Suns cut it to four, I was like, I kept telling my, my kids, I was like, let this team take the lead. That's a wrap. I texted Espo yep. that at halftime. I said, like, let them come back and take the lead. It's a wrap. Um, and it looked like it was it was probably going to happen. And then Drew Holiday all of a sudden comes out of his funk and just drops bombs after bomb after bomb. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And that that little burst of three-point, um, you know, that three-point barrage was enough to give the rest of his team confidence. And Giannis to really feel like, oh, my God, I got help. Thank God. And it just get, took him to a whole other level in the next few minutes. And that was a wrap after that. Yeah, that's what game two was, was any time they got close, it was Devin Booker knocking down a big three and just saying, nope, you're staying arm's length away. And that's exactly what happened tonight, time and time again. Uh, you know, Kudos to Drew Holiday for doing that and finally getting his game together. He ended with, I think, what, 19 points for Drew, but as you met, or 21 points on 5 of 10 from three. But as you, as you mentioned, they were very, very timely threes, just mm -hmm. like Booker in game two. So again, you know, I think that we've all kind of mentioned it. And I think we've mentioned it before this podcast on, on other podcasts that, you know, this is a team that you have to respect and they showed us why tonight, knowing that they can play inside. And once you get a little bit of that help from the outside, whether it's Middleton or holiday, it's really going to open up the court for uh, the Milwaukee bucks, uh, Bobby Portis in this game, he only had 11 points, but he is really somebody who the crowd gets behind. Uh, he was, you know, play, he plays physical, hit a big three that got the whole crowd chanting, chanting Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Uh, what do you guys think of Bobby Portis tonight? And do you think he's going to be much of a factor moving forward? <laughs> well, you I, knew he was going to show up, right? I mean, you knew he was going to have one of these games. Here's the game. And honestly, I mean, if him and Brooke Lopez are getting to the line, maybe even and ones here or there, I mean, the, the Bucks are going to win the game. His home and away splits are ridiculous. Yeah. Like the way he plays at home versus on the road is just 
asinine. But I, I, again, I'm not losing any sleep over Bobby v. freaking Portis. I am. I'm not. He hit one three in the corner. Sure, cool, big big deal. He got a foul. He tried to get hyped up. That that crowd is gonna literally lose their mind anytime he sneezes on the court. So I don't really care about Bobby. Sneezes an eyeball out. <laughs> kind of watch those eyeballs, dude. I lied earlier on this uh, on this show or one I of lied. the earlier earlier shows. I said I didn't think I could dislike any of these Bucks because they're such a likable team. Yes. Bobby Portis I can yes. dislike. Yeah. Bobby's the only guy. Everybody else, I'm like, look, hard workers. They seem like nice guys. Fine. Bobby Portis seems as no, uh, really annoying. He seems like he could reach a Patrick Beverly level if you're not careful in annoyance. So so to, hat, hats off to you, Bobby Portis. Uh, you, you started to annoy me. He I, seems I like a sweetheart, that. though. He seems like a no, sweetheart after those annoying <laughs> he plays. He punched a team <laughs> in the face in practice. Yeah. Do we, do we I'm sure he said he was sorry. <laughs> do we not remember that? <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you one guy that kind of annoys me, and I'm with you. This is a very likable Bucks team. There's no one who truly gets under your skin. I can see how Bobby Portis can, like you said, when he's at home, because when he's on the road, he's a, pretty much a zero in the stat sheet. But it's Pat Connington. I mean, this guy grabs his face after every time somebody drives to the rim on him. Uh, did, you, did you see that a couple times tonight? I mean, I can't, I I can't hold that against him. I'm so I'm, used to that with everybody. So. Yeah. You get an armpit to the face all of a sudden. It's, it's you know, you, you broke your orbital bone or something mm-hmm. like that for sure. I, I You know, the one thing that, it, that does concern me, and I'll just – I'll leave it here. I know Giannis is Giannis, and we expect to see Giannis things. Let's be honest. Like we're we're gonna we expect him if he scores below thirty five in any game in this series. I think I'll be shocked, uh, just because it's all right there for him. But the the trend right now is that he is a plus, like something like plus forty right now total in this series. And the more and more he plays, and the more and more wind he gets, you know, he's sitting out in the first half a couple times here and there. And then the second half, it feels like he never comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that that's a that's a trend you don't want to see continue. The, the Suns are going to have to figure out how to just, just slow him down to a degree. I'm not asking for, you know, you to all of a sudden make him go from 40 to 25. I just want him to be forced to maneuver a little bit more around the court and not just go in a straight beeline and obviously body these guys up left and right. And in the, the calls, some somebody's going to have to take one. Like they're just gonna have to take one. I hope the Tory Craig uh, taking one didn't spook the whole team the other night because, whew, that was ugly. When I tell you, it's 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 tough to uh, try to stop Giannis because if you let him get that steam behind him, he's just gonna come bowling through you, and it's a foul on you every time. I mean, it's you know almost ridiculous. It's almost as if the Suns got to start throwing doubles at him out on the perimeter and force the ball into his teammates' hands more often. Because they're not doing enough in this, uh, you know, thus far in this series. We welcome to the podcast, Dave King. Dave, how are you doing? Hey, I'm pretty good. I'm just wondering when, when did Giannis become a completely different player to us? Um, it's after a win because at, he had 40 and 12 in the last game, and everyone was talking about, you know, maybe he sucks the air out of the ball. Maybe he sucks the life out of their offense. You know, let's not. I, I understand the Suns have to play a lot better. Uh, they have to play a lot better. DeAndre Ayton has to stay on the court. He has to control his foul trouble, and he's been doing that very, very well. So I expect he will. I expect he'll get better, and uh, that's going to be the difference in the series. And you know what? We may end up seeing DeAndre Ayton as the MVP of the series after all because, like I said, DeAndre Godala won MVP of a series one year by stopping the MVP just enough for his team to win. Hey, let me be the first to say congratulations to Dave King. Uh, your jinx lives on. You said you wanted them <laughs> to lose a game so they could play in five, and you I got it. Up. I you got it. Up. Six a.m. this morning. I'm getting Dave, that text, Dave. I just Let's want get you to know. I've got Dave. I just, I just want to let you know, Dave, that I was not going to even say a single word about the care. entire thing. You guys, hey, you guys can I, say it if you actually want to say that one text from me. From Phoenix, Arizona, <laughs> had an impact on Devin Booker scoring ten points in a finals game three. Then that's a problem. I mean, he got right here and he was like, oh, "I mean, I gotta miss this, right? I mean, I gotta miss it." Dave <laughs> yeah. King wants the loss. We gotta do it for him. He's the king. Dave, <laughs> I just love pulling pulling the record. I think it's a little naive to think the Suns could have won this in four, no matter how many times people chanted Amen. on the street. 
Amen to that. I know. I, I agree wholeheartedly. It's why we, uh, you know, I, I've said sons and six when we made our predictions, I said, my heart, my heart says five, but my, my head says six. So in that scenario, they have to lose two, you know, like it, it's, they weren't gonna, they were not going to sweep the box. It was just, it was a nice thing to dream about, to imagine, but they just weren't going to do it. You knew the bucks were going to get a lift from the home crowd. They, they did, they came out, they gave the Suns their best punch, and, and it connected, and it connected every hard. It was, single it was a big thing wild. went right for them. So yes. you know what? If every single thing goes right from now on, and the Suns come in and crap the bed every game, yeah, it's going to be a tough series. Yeah. Look, can I can I bring up one thing that really is driving me nuts about about the Bucks stuff? They keep uh, that the Deer Garden or whatever they call it, the Deer District, uh, whatever. <laughs> there should be the Deer Garden. It. I think there was yes. fifteen ODs. The deer Garden. <laughs> yeah, ODs. there was 15 but, ODs, I think, tonight. But, but look, I, thought you, I thought you said it was the double Ds. To me, what drives me nuts is they're like, look at this. Oh my God, it's amazing. Have you ever been to the Midwest? Like the summer is when they go outside. Like you like they're like it's some knock on Phoenix. It's like if we had 20,000 people standing outside in 110 degree heat to watch a game, we'd lose a third of our fan base like that. <laughs> like people drop dead over over a playoff. So like let's not let's not act like oh my gosh, it's so amazing that it's nice outside Milwaukee and they'll stand outside. Sorry. Listen. We, we 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 have or they have twenty thousand people stand outside of a stadium during a game. We'll have twenty thousand people at the airport when the Suns come back. Okay, no, this is how no, we do. We even even, no, even no, though we're not allowed Phoenix, to I know, I know. Phoenix Guys Harbor said you Jeez, can't do it. Dark doesn't, God, get doesn't it right. Stop, doesn't stop people from doing shit. Okay, <laughs> have you have you been to America? Everybody no, people, does whatever the fuck they want. Orders. They hear one thing on the internet. Yeah, right. We saw how that worked throughout the, throughout the pandemic. Jesus <laughs> Christ. It'll oh, be man. like a Slipknot mosh pit. Whenever they come out on stage, everyone just jumps over the banisters and heads that way. So <laughs> if you guys have ever been. Slipknot mosh pit reference. Bingo. What's a Slipknot? What's a Slipknot? I don't know not, why. Not the demographic. <laughs> Not the demographic. <laughs> a lot of long years from uh, we're gonna we're gonna send you some uh, Slipknot CDs and uh, the DVD for Grease. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> some eleven had me a blast. Um, let's talk about that Cam Johnson dunk, okay? Let's talk about some positive things for the Phoenix Suns tonight. Cam Johnson, I wish I had snipped the video and put it on here. That would have been really proactive of me, but I did not do this. Uh, but Cam Johnson absolutely put together one of the best playoff dunks. I've seen from the Phoenix Suns, I think, in their history, going up and over P.J. Tucker. It was challenged by Coach Bud. It was unsuccessful. What did you think of that dunk, Matthew? Because you are the resident Cameron Johnson lover. Well, he's improved so much. If um, At the end of the series, if the Suns win, you're to ask me, like, the biggest takeaway really from the series, it would be Cam Johnson, how he's improved. And he's the only thing in the third quarter that really stuck out. That stretch run he had of just going to the rim, doing whatever he needed to do to help this team was very, very impressive. And that dunk, I when they came back from commercial break, I thought they said it was a successful challenge. And I was pissed off until they actually went to him shooting three or the free throws. But I don't know if you guys heard that, but I thought he said successful. So that was kind of annoying. But that dunk, I mean, I think Saul even said that. like last right series, we've been, the they did, right? And as Saul said last series, it's like, I'm expecting that Cameron uh, Johnson dunk. I think it was yep. last series, and we got it this game. He he has it in him, man. He's a difference maker. I love this guy. Yeah, he's a sneak attack. He's a sneak attack. You know, people underestimate his bounce. And it's – I mean, he dunked uh, – it was on JaVale McGee last year. Uh, he could, he he can dunk on anybody, really, in the league. And I thought I was going to see it last game. He, there was a moment where he caught it, and he was going towards the hoop, and he ended up getting fouled. And I looked over, and I said to the guy next to me, I was like, hey, Cam's going to catch somebody in this series. I just have a feeling. And he, he did it last – but how come every good dunk always comes in a loss? Like, what you know, like, when's the, when's the last great Not dunk we had? As, 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 yeah, but that was that a like great a, dunk that was, or a great really play? That, that was wasn't a really great, a great play. Dunk. It was what? both. Could you even call it, it a dunk? Great. He kind of just dropped it in there. You know, I will call it a dunk for argumentative purposes. Okay. A little overrated, right? For, it, for, like, yeah. <laughs> it was more. It was more. More the fast like than it was. Court, man, that was great. If he took out from mid court, I promise you, <laughs> it would have been a travel. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I, I took off my glasses because uh, Matthew's going without glasses tonight, so I had to do this. Yeah, I'm you. trying to show off my big dumb eyes tonight. I think <laughs> you do look like a baby buck. You look like a doe. Doe? A deer? I, a female deer? That's the sound of music, Saul. Ray, a drop of golden sun. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people in the chat that need a hug. I'm just gonna say like that. Hey, listen, guys, this is okay. You know what? It's two. We're up two one in this in the NBA Finals. We're playing a team that is supposed to be here. They're supposed to be here. There was so much like Monty slander in the timeline. It's like, guys, you're talking about a coach who's up two to one in the finals. I think he's an okay coach. Maybe his rotations didn't work out tonight. Maybe yeah. he had no choices behind DeAndre Ayton getting his fourth foul with 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. This is what we were worried about the whole playoffs. Isn't it nice that it only happened all the way halfway through the finals after they took a 2-0 lead? I mean, if I hey, had listen, a game, that would be a great game to pick. If, if the Suns the Suns are 1-2 and two in game threes, in the postseason, one and three. You know what? One the, and three. One and three now. You know what they are in game fours? Three and three zero. Oh. They're three, three and zero. Oh. Well, well, they hopefully, four hopefully they'll be yeah. four and zero. Oh. So, <laughs> like they always, they bounce back. I'm not going to just hang my hat on that. Like, oh well, they're just definitely going to bounce back. Milwaukee's a different team than any of the other teams they've played. We got to give them respect, and that's the thing that I'm going. Even if they lose game four, I expect it to be much closer. I expect a much better effort, and all is not lost. Like they still have home court advantage. We need to remember that about the NBA finals. Home court means a great deal. Yes. And it's, they have to go two and three to win a title. Still have to play under 500 basketball if it goes all the way to game seven to win a title. Let's not panic yet. It's one game. Yeah, it was ugly. Yeah, it was bad. I feel like we've said this uh, in after a lot of game threes, uh, this playoff three, run. Three of them now. Yeah, I mean, like it feels like a, a, almost a carbon copy of, of what we had Let's to do after each of those the, losses. Yeah, exactly. Let's like, just replay the episode from two weeks ago. Look, yeah, <laughs> and anybody anybody freaking out right about about Monty Williams? It's amazing how much that's that pendulum swung from. Oh my God! Did you hear what he said to DeAndre Ayton that got him fired up in Game Two? To now in game three, oh well, geez, that Monty Williams guy doesn't know what he's doing. Like, that's the world we live in. Do you think Booker needed reaction. that talk? Do you think Booker needed that talk though from him, Book- from Monty? Booker a little, get, hey, Booker did get that talk though. Change it up a little bit. I know, but he sat out, and it's kind of weird, right? From the miss the whole quarter. I don't know if that hurts Book more, like uh, for him, like his ego a little bit, maybe. But he doesn't have much of an ego, I feel like, with this team. But is there's is there something weird with this or no? Are we just going to ignore it? I'm not trying to make it into something. I'm just saying it's kind of strange. It's definitely extreme. It was extreme that DA missed almost the whole third quarter and didn't come back during that run. And it was extreme that Devin Booker missed so much. That's extreme. But I really think that's a message. And I really think Monty is doing his motivational things going, look, man, we're already down 20 something in this game. Let me send some messages and we'll see how that works for game four. Well, it's like it's. <laughs> did, you, did you put did, that did, in did, the did, chat? The land. Fire <laughs> money. Trade everybody. Bring back Tip Tompkins for Saul. All right. <laughs> See you guys. Ah, <laughs> oh, the good old days. Can, can we get a 19-win team in here, please? Please, gosh. Hey, Where are the good old days, man? Hey, Igor Kokoshkov available. Remember when Frank Kaminsky would have been a good player on our team? Oh, oh yeah, what a great addition he would have been. Jay, is Jay Triano doing anything? Thing. Can we bring him in, please? <laughs> Look, you know, the, no, what man, I want to go all the way to Earl Watson. Earl's what, been talking about the what, Suns on TV. Can, he might as well be is, coaching. Is them. Lindsey Hunter available? <laughs> we go way back if we want to. Look, Monty I can Williams, guarantee you both Earl Watson and Lindsey Hunter are eminently available. <laughs> Very much so. Look, what Monty was doing, you know, with the minutes is simple. He got Mikael Bridges. DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker all under 30 minutes in a blowout loss to keep them fresh uh, in in a playoffs where they've had some miles. These guys haven't played this hard this long in a while or maybe ever in some of their careers uh, when you look at it. So I think Monty looked at him and said, 
this isn't our night. It's pretty damn obvious it isn't our night. So I'm going to sit you here. And part of what he was doing with Booker sitting next to him was probably sharing what he was seeing in the game and going, this is how in game four you can take advantage of what the Bucs are doing. And taking that moment very similar to what he did with DA and and talking to Book because Book was probably down on himself. And it's the same thing. You set a high standard for yourself and you're not reaching it tonight. And it's all right that you're hard on yourself, but here's what you can do to get out of it for next game. I'm fine with it. No, I'm I'm with it 100%. I think that, you know, the cerebralness and the way that Monty Williams coaches this team is an advantage for this team. You saw it uh, with DeAndre Ayton. Cerebralness. Look it up. Google it. It's not a word. It's like loquatus. Another one of those words I like to use that doesn't Ooh. exist. But you know what loquatus. it means. That sounds like, fun. That I sounds know, like a doesn't stat it? me, Dave. Loquatus, <laughs> not loquatus. Yeah, but yeah, but I say but I say loquatus. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. The Twitter grammar police has arrived now. Irregardless. I couldn't find ir- the ir- 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 the other day. Ir- irregardless. I really think that you know, Espo, you're spot on there. I think that he's using this as a coaching moment. He wants to see what the adjustments are. He's he's already starting to implement that game plan for the next game, and and at the same time, it's given him a little bit uh, more rest. And maybe it, he's you know playing his ego a little bit. It's like, listen, man, you had a bad day. Like you, you're better than this, Devin. And you know, for all the Suns fans out there who are frustrated and upset, remember what Devin Booker said at the beginning of the series in one of his media availability days. He says, you know, when you're in the playoffs and you lose a game, you feel like you'll never win again. And when you win a game, you feel like you'll never lose again. And that's how a lot of the Suns fans felt after the first two games. We thought well, this team is invincible, but they aren't. And you know what? They're also they also have the capability to win again as well. This isn't the series is over. You know, it's just like in the Clipper series when we had the same kind of situation. We're up 2-0. We lost that game 3. A lot of people started jumping off the ledge saying, "Uh-oh, here it is." You know, Clippers in 7, what have you? Clippers in 6. We're going to be fine, everybody. We have a solid team. I really think that you know, one of the challenges the Suns are going to have moving forward is the fact that they have lack of depth on the front line. We're missing Dario Sarge, which is the weirdest thing to say. Seeing Frank Kaminsky out there in moments was something that I thought was uh, left more to be desired. And uh, let me just go back to drinking this beer because it's very liquidous. Hey, you know, I got it. I, I do have a, it's kind of a stat. So we Oh, let me, the- let me hit the drop, bruh. I just got one of my uh, uh, soon-to-come 50 emails on the odds on the finals changes (laughs) coming. And this one says that the title of it is Bucks odds improve significantly after game, after uh, the the win tonight. What do you think Bucks odds are are right now? 40%. Who else has a guess? Two to six. Bucks, Bucks odds to win the finals? Bucks odds that, is, John's looking it up right now. No, no, I'm just guessing. <laughs> plus 150. No, uh, no, keep going. Who's next? Matt? Matthew? I'll say plus 450. Plus 300. Play the four, okay, plus 300. Uh, well, do you guys know how this works? Um, so the, the Bucks <laughs> odds improved significantly. And you guys were all over the board. But and now it's a 30% chance to win the finals. The Suns are still a 73% chance after losing by 20. So wow, there's a hundred and three percent chance to win a finals now. If Suns are 70. That's the way it goes with these <laughs> odds. That doesn't add up, but that's the way it goes. <laughs> that other three percent is all suns. Anything over a hundred is all suns. Yeah, look look that that doesn't surprise me. The Suns still lead two one. Yeah, great. I know. Okay. Anything, I, I'm, I'm just saying. No, I I'm, know. I'm reinforcing your maybe step back from the ledge, folks. <laughs> the ledge is all we know as fans when there's a loss. Like, everybody knew the second there was a loss in the series, Suns fans would panic because we, we automatically revert to, well, crap, the end is near when, when it gets hard again because – that's just what we're used to. Let me We've give you stat number that. two. Yeah. You have stat. stat me. Round two. I'm seeing Saul. Uh, you mentioned earlier. We got to figure out how to slow down Giannis. Um, uh, there's a Nicholas in the chat is saying we got to figure out how hey, 40 in two games in a row. Yeah, he's got he's had 40 points two games in a row. How many times in his career has he had 40 points two games in a row before this? Last Ooh. Plus 300. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. 30
<laughs> probably like, probably like, I'm going to, I'm going to say like four times. All right. Anyone else? Six. Anyone else? Yeah. I'll just say three. I'm going to say zero. One. Zero. Oh, wow. I was close. So it's possible Closest. that these are outlier games for him. I mean, it's, I'm going to go feel like it too. Does it feel like yeah. it to you though? It, yeah, it, it doesn't does. feel like it doesn't to me. It totally it, it, does. This wow. is, I'm just he's telling not hitting you. like hard shots. They're all like layups and dunks right at the yeah, rim. But he's doing, he's committing all kinds of fouls to get in there and the Suns are single teaming him and the Suns can change their look. If Giannis was an easy, the Suns have the, have an incredible defense. They played small tonight because Aiden got into foul trouble, but he had uh, Giannis had 20 points or, or so at halftime anyway. Um, it's just really, um, yeah. So uh, it's just really that that the Suns got to figure out a little bit more to, to control Giannis, but he is not going to win them the series. Guess how many wins they have in two games? He's scored 40 points in a row. One. That's it. So, um, yes, you got to control Giannis. You can't, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. And we can just got to contain him just a little bit more, but you're not going to stop. I don't think I, – I, I, I'm just going to correct – correct me if I'm wrong, anybody – I don't think anybody on this podcast is saying that the sky is falling. I think people on this podcast are just saying the Bucks are a good team, and you Respect. know we, we shouldn't have expected. Yeah, us no, to just I'm more reacting right to the timeline and the, and the chat. That's all. I'm not talking oh, about. I got you. Guys. Okay. Yeah, and I think a lot of people suicide is a thing people think about every day. So don't let this put you over the edge. It's not worth it because you want to be here when we do win the championship. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what? Call the hotline. Call that the hotline. That went dark right there. Wow. <laughs> All right. Yes, that's absolutely true. If that is, this is putting you on a real, real edge. That's not just, just wait. Sports edge. Just wait. Watch twenty twenty one. Let's talk about something that is positive. Outside of the five fouls that DeAndre Ayton had, he looked really, really good tonight. He looked aggressive. Uh, again, I think one of the frustrations that a lot of Suns fans have is something that's been mirrored multiple times throughout this season in this playoff run is when DeAndre Ayton is on fire, the Suns just go away from him. They stop feeding him on the inside. You saw it in the second quarter. And then, of course, he gets that kind of third ticky-tack foul at the end of the uh, second quarter, comes out in the third quarter and picks up his fourth with 10.25 left in the third. And then his night's done. And I feel like the Suns could have really used him a little bit more in that second quarter. And just, again, you know, Put the fouls on Giannis. Try to try try to swing it the other way. Go at Giannis on the other end, even though he uh, he was choosing to shoot a lot of those middies uh, that he was hitting tonight. I mean, DA looked fantastic, and I feel like uh, the, the Suns kind of let him down a little bit. That's honestly how I feel about DA. I feel like the Suns let him down. He was cruising to have a monster game. They went away from him offensively. Uh, Espo, you said it on Twitter how – the Suns are kind of, you know, this is one of those games where they feel like they get a little bit of a deficit instead of, you know, relying on the mid-range game and DeAndre Ayton, they start jacking up threes. The lead for the Bucks uh, expands, and the next thing you know, we're out of the game and it's out of reach. Yeah, and I feel this is, to me, this is the one flaw with Monty. If you want to nitpick and point, it's the offense was never intended to be built around DeAndre Ayton. It was made very clear. It was, we're going to ask DeAndre to do uh, uh, little things on the offensive end and be the anchor on defense. But at some point, there needs to be play calls when you have a quarter like he had, where it feels like he's on the verge of a big game, where you can get him in position, where you can take advantage of that, where you can turn the offense into – we're going to feed DA for a little while because we need something to stop the panic, to stop the run, whatever the case may be. And it just feels like that's never there. They wind up uh, forgetting him, relying on other things. Uh, and, and some of that's the defense, right? The Bucks, the Bucks adjust a little bit in the second quarter. It's a little tougher uh, on DeAndre, but it, it just feels like the Suns kind of don't have that mechanism in their offense to really feed him in those moments. I, I just, I, again, my disdain for the fact that they can never ever seem to run a play for him when things get a little trepidatious out there. I, I just, I, I don't understand it, especially when you see it, you, you, every basketball player in the world understands when somebody is feeling it. Hell, every time Chris Paul and Devin Booker are feeling it, Hey, they get the ball every time. You know what I mean? Like, and I understand their guards, and it's a little bit different for the big man. But Chris Paul is one of the best playmakers in the in the world. 
you got to be able to find DA down low on the block or set a play for him. I don't give a damn what it is, but I, I just don't, I don't understand it. That's my frustration. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to quote a guy, uh, a, a, a movie. He's a peacock. You got to let him fly. Okay. Just <laughs> let my man fly for a little bit. He out of the starting five. And this is where the plus minus kind of ruins life for me. Uh, Deandre Aiden had the second best, best plus minus at minus six. Uh, the best one was Mikhail Bridges at minus one. You can't sit there and tell me that Mikhail Bridges played a better game than DeAndre Ayton. Like it's just not, wow. that's not what happened. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So uh, you just got, you got to feed my man, man. You got to feed DA, feed him. Yeah. Great boogie nights reference. I like that a lot. Not I thought that all, no, no, that's, that's Greece. That's the other guys. That's the other guys. <laughs> that's, that's the other guys. Actually, I've seen Greece. Uh, for the full length last night, yeah. pretty good. That movie. wasn't a peacock in that movie, man. That was something <laughs> that was, else. At oh. the very end, it was. Totally like, Wait, is that a real cock? Is that what they look like? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> okay, but I was I couldn't wait for the fourth quarter for Da to come back in, but it was just too long. I mean, the rhythm was yeah. out. He just didn't, he could not get it back. He he had the ball inside from uh, Chris Paul, just fumbled it away, and then missed a jump shot. Then had the foul against Brooke Lopez. And I was like, oh, he's getting taken out. Just never came back. I think Monty just knew, like, he didn't have it in him to come back in and really help this team get back in it. I mean, Book didn't play the fourth either. So, I mean, what are you going to do there? I mean, DA maybe even seemed like it body language-wise. So, Monty, like, hey, I'm trying my best out here, but they're calling fouls and everything. Anytime you touch Giannis or even Brooke Lopez with the end ones, they're going to call a foul. So, it's one of those games, of course, to try to get back in, it was almost impossible for him. But yeah, first quarter, give him the ball more, man. I spoke about it earlier, Booker. You don't need to shoot the three in the first quarter when you when uh, basically you have Shaq down low. So just keep feeding him the ball. Yeah, it's interesting how in these past two games, how Devin Booker has been really reliant on that three ball. And I get it in the last game where he kind of that's how he made up his points eventually after having another poor first half shooting wise. But, I mean, it was hot and heavy from deep early, and I I don't know if that is a long-term strategy for Booker. It's like, hey, if I have a couple games where I'm just shooting the ball a ton out here, I'm going to lull the defense to sleep, and then I can start to attack them on the interior and get to the mid-range, like, you know, where I like to be comfortable. But, you know, none of those were going down today. And, again, 3 for 14 for 10 points from, you know, your superstar. It happens. You know, we, we talked about earlier, you know, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, they both had a couple bum games in the first. The The script was just completely flipped in this game. I'm going to say this right now and mark my words. Devin Booker hasn't had a, a really good game since game one of the Western Conference Finals. He will have a super, super freaking amazing game in the next two games. One of the next two games, hopefully it's game five so they could just wrap it up. But I'm just – I feel it. It's going to come – I like what I'm seeing from his shot. That's why I'm like, I'm not, right. I'm not concerned about a shot. It looks good coming off of his hand. There's a couple times where I thought he might have rushed his rhythm a little bit, but it, it still looks pure. His shot is is one of the best in the NBA. He's gonna have that game, and, and everybody's gonna be like, damn, there he is. And I've been waiting for that game since game one of the Western Conference Finals. We're not giving the Bucks defense enough credit. Game one. Chris Paul and Devin Booker ate them alive from the mid-range. Game two, they adjusted. The Suns and Devin Booker hit the threes. They played a similar defense tonight, and the Suns didn't hit the threes. Devin Booker couldn't hit that shot. It's not as if Devin Booker was going, well, I could get that open mid-range shot, but I'm just going to jack this three. Like, No, he was taking what the defense gave him, and he did not hit them tonight because that's his less effective shot. The Bucs are strategically putting him in that situation. It's now Monty's turn to counter move that and find a way to get Devin some mid-range shots and get his offense going again. That's I think that's a big part of what we're seeing here, too. Well, he's 22 points away now from being the all-time leading scorer in his first playoff run over Rick Barry. So I was really hoping he'd get to that 32 points tonight, only mm-hmm. score 10, so we got 22 points. He'll most likely hit that in game four. Uh, what about CP3 tonight? You know, 19 points, nine assists, eight for four, uh, eight for 14 shooting. You know, a, he, was okay. a de- he was okay. He had the four turnovers. You know, again, you know, to Espo's point, credit their defense. This is a player who has had spectacular splits relative to points to assist totals or assist to turnover totals, I'm sorry. And the past two games, he's had a total of 10 turnovers. Yeah, well, and he, he goes one for four 
from three-point line, and he misses a free throw, which is un- unlike CP3 as well. So it's it's all these little things that just start to snowball, right? You add all these things up, and it's how you wind up with a 20-point loss. They all just happen to come about in one game. Like this wasn't – they went from playing two almost perfect games in, in a lot of areas to one where everything that could go wrong went wrong all at the same time. Yeah, he just had a few little plays, a few little mistakes that kind of led to Bucks runs. And then also when the Suns were up by six points, I think it was in the third quarter. Oh, when was it? it? Was the second quarter? I was I try to write them down and I always forget. Six point lead the Suns had coming out of timeout. Oh, it was the end of the half, and the Bucks went on like a 20-0 run. It was like a one bad pass, and then the next play was a bad shot taken. So it's just like little things like that, but it's not too much really to really go into. I, uh, you know, sometimes when you look at the stats, you, you, you look at the stats from an activity perspective. Um, Chris Paul usually gets on the boards, you know, he gets a few rebounds yeah. here and there. Sometimes he gets close to, to, to a triple double, uh, no rebounds for him at all tonight, uh, which tells me that he wasn't as aggressive yeah. and as active as he normally would yeah. be. Um, and, you know, and, and I think that's, that's kind of what it is. Like every Suns player did maybe two out of their normal three things right tonight. Right. Uh, but that third piece is what ultimately cost them because the Bucks had guys that were doing all three things right. You know, just I'm just putting it in a in a nice little capsule for everybody. So you know they'll come back next game. Hopefully uh, they usually do. They usually bounce back and they understand what's on the line. Guys, the NBA championship is on the line. You want to win it? Take care of game business in game four, and you're setting yourselves up really pretty for a chance at that Larry O'Brien. And I think they'll they'll use just that. Jam star of the game. This is a reminder to everybody who is listening to the podcast to subscribe, rate, and review. If you're watching along live, hit the thumbs up button, hit the subscribe button, hit the little bell notification as well, which will remind you when we go live. And let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you. Who do you bestow the honor of jam star of the game unto the? I'm going to take the easy one. I'm going to say Cam Johnson. And I want to know, I think we have the clip of Cam's dunk. If Have people put it away yet? I don't think we've played it. We really. had the clip. Uh, here, I'll pull it up. I can, I've can. i got it here. Here we go. Are we? Right. Let's see. Sure. I'll hit play then, now. As you can see, Cam Johnson's running down the court. And oh, boom, shakalaka! <laughs> Nutmeg! <laughs> PJ's first name there. Look at that. Oh, Take a it? look. He could tell if Cam Johnson had manscaped Man. tonight or not. What a skunk. What account did you jack this from? That's all oh, I can follow. This no. is that's the social media nerd in me. I'm like, who the hell's K? I don't What's know. I Google, I Google search and it was the first video that came up. So I did. I did it. As Espo said on Twitter, damn Johnson. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, look, when, when PJ can look and, and knows whether Cam Manscaped before the game or uh, not, that's like, a hell of a dunk. All right. <laughs> I mean, that was damn. That was damn nice. That was a cam. Wow. All right. That's, that's, wow. I, I can keep going. Like I got all no, sorts please, of... stop, please stop. <laughs> uh but uh, you know, not you like look we at... got anything else positive to talk about today. All, all of the jamsters and the flaming ballers are just saying just that. They're saying yeah, and the reverse layup on like the next yes. play was also sweet by him as well. Uh just down the yeah. board, it looks like everybody is giving it to Cam Johnson. So I don't think we need to go around this little oh, uh, virtual room here. Okay, I'm gonna give it to DA. <laughs> Saul's always on the DA corner. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, if DA has a why, good game, if one DA, of the reasons why. Just Saul, just back up a little bit and stand up a little bit. We'll see why. See that A <laughs> is for Aiden. See, and he's got that A loyalty. Like it's right loyalty, there, baby. The the University right of Aiden. The loyalty. There you go. Yeah, it, A is for Aiden, right there. There, there you, you go. go. It, did anybody like? I'm always so damn impressed when Cam Johnson does something athletic like that. 
I know. Because he, he was sold like as <laughs> he was sold as this guy that oh, best shooter in the draft, but he's got two bad hips and like everybody treated it like he was some seventy-five-year-old guy that could just shoot threes, but was like totally unathletic. And then he comes out and he's one of the most electric guys on the roster when he gets going like that. When he cuts the hoop, I mean, he took off and there was no doubt. I mean, it was very reminiscent of Tom Chambers up over Mark Jackson, right? Like Mark Jackson had PTSD tonight on the call <laughs> because he was seeing Tom Chambers short shorts as Cam Johnson went up in the air. Like that's, I mean, that was an impressive athletic feat by Cam Johnson, a guy I just, it, you don't expect it from. I chose Cam too, but honestly, he, uh, his first layup Reminded me of Stefan Marbury, Starbury, the little, you know, nudge to the side to the right side of the hoop and throwing it up off the glass very, very high and in. I haven't seen that in a while from a player, and especially Cam Johnson, of his height to do that. He just seems so comfortable. And I didn't want him to stop tonight. I He kept taking the ball down the court. It was one play where CP3 gave it to him, and it was like a mismatch. And he could have just took it to the rim if he wanted to to keep it going, but he kind of pulled it back. I, it makes sense for him to pull it back, but I just wanted him to keep going and never, never stop. Chuck Chuck Stabar in the in the chat or C Buck Star sorry what C Buck Stabar whatever you know what I'm saying you know yes. what I'm saying buddy C Buck uh, long time follower yeah uh, he was talking about Crowder and uh, I think we we can't sleep on Crowder tonight six Crowder for seven from three was phenomenal from three and I just wish mm -hmm. it wasn't a win as opposed to a loss because you know how that is that means yeah. next game he's going over nine yeah you, you don't want you don't want to miss <laughs> usually it is your opportunities yeah normally when he goes six for seven you get yeah. a win no you're you're yeah. absolutely right and that's but a good again point did we there. get did we did we get forty between between the the guys no. that I always say no, no. not even close no even I mean close. Mikhail Campaign, Bridges Cam goes Johnson Mikhael Bridges Crowder did we get forty no. Oh. Yeah, Bridge is like, very fragile tonight. Yeah, Bridges goes from one of the most masterful games he's done uh, had to disappearing on the offensive end and uh, at times struggling on the defensive end. Consistency is key for this team. Actually, they we, get, did get, we did get 40. I'm sorry. They had 43 combined. Well, it's because Jay Crowder carried their asses. Yeah, but, but Devin field. Booker yeah. gets ten in that in that scenario <laughs> that you talk about. Yes, you're sure. expecting that Devin Booker's at least yes. going to do his part. So, True. do you think yeah. that Mark Jackson was having flashbacks, wishing that the lawnmower 4.0 was available in like 1988? <laughs> He's like, dear Lord, <laughs> yeah, <Tom> Chambers, <laughs> look at that. Shave that thing. Has it been opened or no? The the ball fro. <laughs> no, I'm I'm still on the three. I'm still on the three. On the three point it's, it's, it's still working. It's still working gold, gold baby. So uh, I might switch to this to, tonight. Oh, or yeah, maybe, I'll, maybe uh, Espo, have you used this tonight? Is that what's? Uh, I, I have. It's the old I, anniversary. I used yours, as a matter of fact. So you might before not you want to use that before you, you shift it to... over to me. Before you shift it over to me, you're like, yeah, let me let me go ahead and practice with this thing for a little second. Let me test this thing. I think this the sun's thing. lost. I uh, I forgot. I I didn't tell you, but I did shave off my lucky pube. So no, maybe that's why I lost. It's, it's gone. My the one, one, yeah. Did you the use Manscaped? Did one. you use the code Flaming Ballers for 20% <laughs> off when you at least did it? No, he used this, the, the code no, Suns Jam for free, free shipping. shipping. He used yeah. Nair. He scorched yeah. the earth. He's Nair. <laughs> much much like Anyways. the Bucks. He scorched There's the earth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on we that note, is there anything as we look towards the game that's going to be on Wednesday. Again, we're going to have you know three-day layoff until the next game. I think it's really interesting how the entire NBA season was like, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. And then it's like you get to the NBA Finals, like, slow it down, man. Yeah. And now it's I'm three games. That, I'm like good with it, too. Me. Yes, I like it as well. But at the same time, what adjustments do you think that the Suns need to make in an effort to get us up to 3-1 over the Milwaukee Bucks in the Finals? Go back to what you did in the first two games. So be protect at home. The protect the ball. Devin Booker hit some shots. And De DeAndre Ayton stay out of foul trouble. That's the equation here. It's not, you know, and play good defense. Like on uh, on the guys that aren't named Giannis. Giannis is going to get his. Shut down at least one of the other two of their big three. And you're going to be all right. They just did not do any of that tonight and it was problematic there was some unnecessary double teaming on Giannis tonight uh especially from the perimeter that i just didn't understand uh, they hadn't done that all series uh for the most part and they did it tonight to maybe just kind of throw them off and they backed off of it after that run and in, in the second half i didn't see it as much 
Uh, and so I, I just, again, like what Espo said, go back to what you were doing in the games one and two. It worked for you for a reason. Just keep going. You're a well-oiled machine. You don't need to change it up. Let them adjust to you. You don't adjust to them. Matthew? Mm, you know, DEA just avoid the fouls. But like I said before, I think a lot of those fouls were kind of BS. But I don't know, maybe something that Monty was seeing in him that I wasn't, of course, um, just getting those fouls. Maybe it was just something that he was doing wrong. But avoiding that, that's the biggest thing. But just grabbing those rebounds when they needed it. I was looking at the stats after. I'm like, I thought it would be way more lopsided than it was with the offensive rebounds. And it wasn't as bad as I thought, but it just seemed like the Bucks got those offensive rebounds when they needed it. And the mismatches on defense the Suns had where they couldn't really cover the corners on three was really big towards the end. And just little things, you know, get back to making your mid-range shots and Booker, don't check the threes if you don't need to. Unless he was trying to draw them in to like actually get that little, you know, touchy-feely and then defense and then move past them to shoot the uh, the mid-range. Well, and I... Go ahead, Espo. I just say don't give up a 30 to 9 run either. That usually makes it a little bit easier because the second you do that, any run you make, they just need to counter with a with one of their own and, and you've got no chance. Like it's just it's just that simple. Don't give up big runs, play your game. You're gonna you're gonna be right back in it. Going back to your point there, uh, Matt, uh, I think there was a couple times where DA and his positioning, again, I'm not going to blame this on Scott Foster, but I will say this. If you give Scott Foster an inch, he'll take a yard. And if your hand is down low when you're trying to defend and that defender bumps off just a little bit, he's going to give you the call every single time. Whereas beforehand, when DA was playing defense, most of the time, both of his hands were up. Mm-hmm. Clear as day. Um, and I think there was a couple times where Scott Foster was like, oh, gotcha. Oh, fundamentals are bad. Gotcha. It's more of a fundamental foul than an actual foul. And yes. that's where Scott Foster will just give it to you. <laughs> well, and I, I, I think, you know, looking in, and into game four, you have to stop the Bucks from moving the ball the way they did. I mean, they were crisp passing the ball. They had 28 assists on their 43 makes. They were running in transition, 16 to 6 in the fast break points. Uh, they had 13 offensive rebounds to the Suns six, and at one point they outscored the Suns in second chance points, 20 to nothing. That can't happen moving forward into Game Four. So, you know, there's a lot of things that the Suns did right in the first two games that just didn't work in Game Three. But I think that one of the biggest things is you have to have the ability to get back to that team round rebounding mantra that they had against the Clippers. You know, quite frankly, there were a couple games where Avica Zubats was having his way down on the blocks and the Suns dedicated themselves to team rebounding when you have an undersized front line going against Brooke Lopez and Giannis Antetokounmpo you're going to have to focus on those boards because if you don't as we saw it's easy putbacks for Giannis or it's kickouts to wide open three-point shooters so I think that that's something that Monty has shown the capacity to make that adjustment thus far in this playoffs going all the way back to the Lakers series we've had to make that same adjustment we've been undersized pretty much the entire playoffs Knowing that we don't have Dario Saric, although he only put in you know nine minutes a game, those were nine valuable minutes that don't exist anymore. So if the Suns can put together some semblance of uh, strategy to hit that offensive glass, negate those second-chance points, I think that they have a good opportunity to win going into game four. I would like to say this. It is a series. The Bucks are good. So are the Suns. Um, you know, for everything that we say, uh, you know, you know, to counterpoint whatever the Bucks have done, you know, we need to make sure that Devin Booker's hitting his shots and blah blah blah. The the Bucks could also, after the first two games, sit back and say, you know what, we dominated the paint and we've been dominating the boards. Like, just continue to do that and we'll be okay. So it's just who's going to play better in every single game. That's what it's going to come down to. Everybody's going to fall back on what they have done in the last three series. The last three series don't mean shit right now. Not a thing. It's a new series. It's two to one. The Suns will be fine. I think they'll bounce back in game four and they'll come home uh, for game five. And who knows what team's going to show up with a chance to hopefully take it. Hey, I want to thank Saul because now I've got a, a mix of DMX and what he said in my head with the Scott's going to give it to you. Going <laughs> to give it to you. So if Scott Foster does uh, ref in this series again, that's going to be in my mind the entire game. So thank you. I, so I don't believe he will. That's why he was game three. And then the rotation starts over after another crew comes in. And by the time it gets back to him, it would be like game eight. So I think we're good. Suns in nine. Fingers baby. crossed. Suns in nine. But if he shows up for game seven, I swear <laughs> I'm blowing this oh. motherfucker up. <laughs> 
on on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you, whoever decided to join us live. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and smash that like button while you're here. You can become an elite jamster or a flaming baller simply by clicking the join button or following the link in the description below. Uh, Subscribe, rate, and review if you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. And you know what? The world isn't over. It was just a rough night for the Phoenix Suns. We'll see you on Wednesday after the Suns-Bucks uh, game four. It's a 6 o'clock Arizona start, so we'll see you after that game. Matthew, do you have anything else for the ladies and gentlemen? Children no, uh, rest in peace, DMX, and everyone go home and love your family. And I'm not cross-eyed. It looks like I'm cross-eyed. I'm not. <laughs> Come on. Go, go home and love your lawnmower <laughs> 4.0. Oh, boy, boy. Oh, take care, everybody. <laughs>